What's going on, FinTech fans and taco lovers? We are back with season two, episode one, and we are super stoked to have a very, very, very special guest. Johnny Sanquist from Three Crowns Copywriting and Marketing with my co-host, Tori Hoppy from Flyer. You know her, you love her, and you also know and love our guest, Matt Ackerman, the Chief Content Officer now at Integrated Partners. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. So much fun to kindly, finally, finally be spending <laughs> some time with some friends here. This is great. It's been so long, and I'm so glad that we're catching up again. Absolutely. Uh, you learn so, a lot about people. I find after about one o'clock in the morning um, and <laughs> I've got to spend time with both of you after one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Tori has a way of always uh, kind of plays a little mother hen role at that hour. Um, Johnny is always ready at that moment to really begin um, pontificating and exploring big ideas. So <laughs> to me, that, that, that illustrates uh, a lot about your personalities and, made coming on this podcast a no-brainer. I appreciate being called the mother hen because some people out there mm -hmm. think that, you know, I am just a disaster. So I really <laughs> come into my stride moments at 1 a.m., people. <gasps> we all do. We've had some good times. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's 1 in the afternoon right now. Maybe we should have recorded this at, at 1 in the morning. It would have been a much more interesting much podcast. more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. That'll be... We'll set up a, a taco tech after yeah, hours membership option. Yeah. Nice. We have to pay for those episodes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Matt, you've got a new gig. Yeah. You were at investment news for a long time. Now you're integrated. Tell us about your new home. It's, Tell us what, what people can expect from you and the team. It's crazy because this is the first job I've had outside of media since 1992. Uh, that was a Dairy Queen. I I, I think I could probably still make a decent blizzard. It's not tacos, but it's ice cream. So mm, that's a good I second. Mean, that, tacos <laughs> and ice cream go hand in hand in my world. So yeah, I spent so much time inside media, and um, it made this a tough decision leaving. Obviously, investment has been my home for eight years. It was an amazing mm -hmm. place. It was awesome to kind of be able to do so many different and wacky things at Investment News, which I'm sure we'll get to chat about a little bit here. So many things I'm proud of, like practice makeover and, um, you know, spend my life at conferences and things like that. But I really started to think about things like leaving a lasting impression and really helping advisors. Um, and more than that, storytelling. I love good storytelling and doing it in really innovative and crazy ways and you know, that to me, I wanted to find a place where I could do it and, you know, be able to focus on the story rather than necessarily, you know, <laughs> the dollars and cents behind it. I, I happen to be bringing in a crazy idea about content to Paul Sagany at Integrated at a time when he also was thinking about content. It was kismet. It was um, coincidence. But at the same time, you know, you it's, it's, it's so interesting because people say all the time to me, like, how do you kind of get to where you got in this industry? I'm, and I say all the time, like, get to know people. It's all about the connections we have in this industry. Folks like you guys, it's all about the people we know. And I was really fortunate to bring someone I knew that I trusted a good idea at the time. He happened to also be thinking about it. Yeah, and I think that's so important because with you being an investment user, and that's how we met one of the, some of those crazy off the wall, 30 minute, like, 
interviews that we always had to do, you always made it feel like very easy and not so stressful. Um, and I appreciate that because I am really awkward. I think everyone knows this. I am awkward to a T. Um, so having someone like you on the other side of that desk just always made it feel like I was talking to a friend, not like a media outlet. So I think a lot of us in the industry appreciate you for what you've done for a lot of us. Um, and the integrated team is just so lucky to have you. I'm super thrilled oh, for them. I am thrilled for you. That's really nice. I think any interview should feel like a conversation among friends. Any Anything you create, if you can create a level of comfort when you're creating good content, it um, it doesn't feel so staged. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, you know, what we're creating in any interview we do, whether it's for the media or not, anything we're creating, it's there is an element of it that is kind of staged. And we're just really trying to create something that feels supernatural, just really, really natural. Not supernatural like ghosts. <laughs> and speaking of that coming out and being natural, um, you are so great at bringing this story and bringing that relatable content to our space. And I think that's what's been so important. And change. it's been a big change for the wealth management space. Um, I remember you did a piece with Nina O'Neill um, just in her home with her boys and like, what does everyday life look like for her and her kids and her practice? Um, and that for me, like really hit home. Like there's another hardworking mom out there. That's just at the end of the day, like we're all keeping our head above water um, where, you know, the reality is a lot of us think of these like Pinterest moms that are, you know, have their ish together and making these bento boxes that are beautiful for their children. And they're able to juggle like 700 things. And I'm here like ripping off the top of a Lunchable and putting it in this launch box. Like I made it right. Um, so tell me, why do you think it's so important that you are telling these stories of our friends out there in the space? So much of it, that, that creating the juggle is real with Nina was so much fun. What I admire about Nina specifically is she came up to me at a conference and said, I see what you're doing over there. How do you, how do I get in there? How do I get interviewed? And I say to people all the time, sometimes the best way to engage with the media is just go over and talk to them. Mm -hmm. We're human beings. We probably have a story we want to mm -hmm. tell better and we could definitely leverage and utilize your story. Um, so Nina came to me like that and that's how our relationship began. We actually showcased her and Matt Archer, her partner on practice makeover. And during the recording of that, you get a sense from Nina, her kids, her family. Um, and when, so I came up with this idea for the juggle is real, which was, Hey, we're all kind of juggling a lot of different things in our lives, you know, family, mm -hmm. uh, our profession, you know, sometimes we all have hobbies and stuff we all like to do on the side as well. And, uh, you know, amidst this juggle, it kind of, you know, the imperfections make us perfectly who we are. And that's what we wanted to showcase with Nina is there's a lot of other moms out there that are also great professionals that are trying to juggle it all, just like you are, Tori, just like Johnny is. It's not just moms, it's dads mm -hmm. too. And I think yeah. somewhere mixed in there is the magic of who we are. And that's what we wanted to see. And the amazing thing about that show is how it resonated. It also was the indicator to me that this industry had changed over the last 10 years. It was really hard to get any resonance unless something was with a media outlet. That show, we didn't even put on investment news. It got 25, 30,000 views an episode. It did incredibly well. And what resonated with me was that social media, YouTube, had flipped past a lot of these outlets. And it was the first in inkling to me that I could go somewhere else outside the media, create content, and still get resonance from it. And that made it possible for me to even think about this role at Integrated. 
Man, as as good as that series was when you recorded it, too, even more relevant mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. after the year we had, you know? So if anybody hasn't seen that, I would encourage you, you know, just Google, you know, Neil's the, the Juggles Real and watch these episodes because it's just a, a really powerful story. Yeah, it was so much fun from. to record, yeah. too. I mean, we literally went to a Target with our kids <laughs> And we're recording B-roll mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she kind of told all of us, including myself and the crew, hey, everybody gets a gets a treat when we leave here. And that really you want you want to um, really motivate a crew of, uh, you know, tell them they're going to get a treat at Target. They were really excited yeah. to be there. I mean, tell anyone <laughs> they're getting a treat at Target. Like, Let's be real. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That right there is a winning strategy. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like we could. We could fill a whole podcast with with stories about the the cool stories that you've done. You did a video with with Sayer Martin mm-hmm. from Orchestrate back in the day, and for those who know him, Sayer's you know a big pilot, um, and and so you guys incorporated a drone into his video, and I think you you had the drone deliver a burrito I to did. him like in the middle of the interview. <laughs> So that series just is like... called Gadget Girl. And we just kept <laughs> accelerating, you know, up the scales. Like we kept trying to outdo ourselves in that show and that, you know, I got to mm-hmm. work on that with, with uh, Steve Lamb and Shannon Rossick. And we had an episode where we pushed um, KVP, a guest on this show already, um, into a pool where we did a whole kind of spy uh, thing. Then what we were trying to explain account aggregation so we did an entire analogy with tacos and we rented a taco truck. We had some really weird expense reports where <laughs> we literally, um, we would come back and, and my boss at the time, Mark Bruno, would look at my expense reports mm-hmm. and say, am I really paying for a taco truck? And I said, yeah, yeah, you're really paying for a taco truck. <laughs> it pays off in dividends, people. But it, it's the story behind the truck. That exactly. What's some of your favorite stories? What's some of your favorite interviews you've had the opportunity to do over the oh, years man. like if you had two or three that really stand out to you so two and uh my favorite parts are always the story behind the interview one of my early ones one of the first game days we ever did which was when you'd see us at a conference with a big set was mark cuban was coming to the market council conference and um we really wanted to get mark cuban for an interview we were told he was leaving immediately after his session because the dallas mavericks were playing that night so what what I did was I sent Shannon Rossick to kind of uh, stalk him by the stage um, and basically lure him back to the set. I was like, she's like, how am I going to do this? I was like, just be nice, be personable, and just tell him, hey, we need you for just five minutes. And he did it. And Mark Cuban was perfectly pleasant. And I had an interview with him and Brian Hamburger together on the set. That was awesome. The same day I interviewed Elliot Spitzer, which was incredible. But another one that was really awesome was we were at an InvestNet conference. And the speaker was Gary Kasparov, the chess champion. Now, I've done sports figures like Jim Hobble and others, but Gary Kasparov, I was like, do you think he'll play chess against me? And like, do you know how to play chess? And I was like, I know which way all the pieces move. So I think that's going to be enough. <laughs> he beat me at about eight moves. It was hilarious to watch, but he did the whole interview while we pay- played chess, which for the nerd in me was really, really cool. My son is obsessed with chess. Um, he's nice. very nerdy and is on the chess club at school. And he keeps trying to tell me like, mom, you really need to learn. Like I need someone to play against. I'm like, I'm out. Like all I know is you move the play- the pieces forwards. Some go backwards, some go side to side. 
I, mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm, I apologize in advance. So if anyone out there would like to play a seven-year-old, I've got someone for you. Um, that entire interview, I basically sort of just sat there and was like, don't say the word horsey when you meet night. Right. You know, don't look dumb. That's right. half of my goal in every interview I do is like, don't look dumb. There's somebody sitting across from you that's way smarter than you are. Mm -hmm. Just listen intently, ask a good follow-up question, and don't look dumb. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my motto every day. So we all know, as you were talking about these conferences, you have a huge love of Pepsi, and people give mm -hmm. you a hard time about this. Um, I have been on the receiving end. Um, I have delivered said Pepsis to you. I even believe I, I delivered you a giant bag of Good and Plenties. That is um, true. We can discuss that horrible food choice at a later date. Oh, no. That's good, oh, though. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. I'm on Matt's nice. team. So you're on Team Good and Plenty, but Oof. you're not going to get on Team Pepsi, I imagine. Johnny. I'm... I'm I like both Pepsi and Coke, but I don't want I don't want to derail the focus on, on your your Pepsi. Yeah, so obsession. we kind of yeah, so we, we need to, we need to know. Like I mean Coke is seems to be like America's sweetheart. How did you oh, sure. come in with this Trojan so, horse? So when you're the guy at all these conferences and events who's um typically more of this more of the sober one, you tend to drink a lot of soft drinks. I've been a soft drink guy my entire life. Love soda. Love it. Um, I think it's because when I was a kid, my parents didn't let us have as much soda. Uh -huh. But I you know this isn't probably a, a, a therapy session, so I don't <laughs> dive too far down the rabbit hole. But my whole thing is it's like I never succumbed to the peer pressure. Daniel Crosby, who's an Atlanta guy, love him, the behavioral finance guy. He will give me the hardest time about the Coke-Pepsi debate and I mean, I'm also a guy who's been in Atlanta and just kept ordering Pepsi at every restaurant to see them get increasingly angrier. Um, yeah, I, nothing, peer pressure never gets to me. Um, in fact, if you and a bunch of people are telling me you have to try this, I'm like, eh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try the other thing. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, Johnny, it'll be near and dear to your heart. I've been in a steakhouse in Omaha where, you know, I've ordered um, meatloaf because it looked good on the menu. Mm -hmm. And everybody, including the waiter, was like, you don't want to eat that, sir. I was like, no. I'm getting me love. And it was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> I've, I've had many of those. Hey, any meat. And I've had many of those episodes where it's like you go to a steakhouse. I'm not a huge like red meat fan. And I mm -hmm. order um, chicken and people are like, what is like, honestly, they, I, they act like I've like murdered their firstborn. But it, it, <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you on this one. I feel that Coke mm -hmm. is still. Coke is it. Yeah, Coke is it, man. I will say, though, I, I was a child that my parents never, we never had any soda in the house. Mm -hmm. um, the only time we had it is when my dad would load us up into the car and we would drive to my grandma's house in Orange County. And he would have three bottles of Coke, one for himself and then one for my brother and I and mm -hmm. Twizzlers. Or, and that was it. Like that was all we had in the car for our five hour yeah. drive from Sacramento to Orange County. Um, and so I think that's why I'm such a Coke fan. Like it just brings back that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. And yeah. then my, my grandmother being Canadian, um, orange soda was it like, that was her, her jam. And so we, we always had sun kissed at her house. Um, so they, I only have two like true loves in my life of the soda world. Um, nice. And I feel like I just never, I can't, I can't go back. We were at a conference once where literally they set up a Pepsi uh, fridge, like right beyond the set. And I was like, 
somebody at this organization did the research <laughs> and I love them for it. Great job. Like done. I think it was like Schwab impact. I think we were like in Denver. So I think, but yeah, it was, they did their research and uh, I applaud them for it. <laughs> so speaking of, yeah, that's something so that goes really great with, let's say a Coke. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Tacos. We are taco lovers, fans. Please don't say Taco Bell is your number one choice. <laughs> We're going to end this interview right now. Like, I'll, eat, I'll, I'll go to Taco Bell. We're heading I have down. nothing against a good taco. This is episode one. You tell us, what is your taco jam? What do you have? Uh, okay, well, my favorite taco place in the entire country is in San Diego, Puestos. I think yes. the yes. taco experience mm -hmm. is sometimes more important than the actual taco. And I'll explain. There is a taco joint called Gringos Locos in... Orlando, Florida, there's a couple spots in Florida that like, because of the people I was with, it's not a fancy taco. Puesto's is an amazing taco. Puesto's, Puesto's is like, you know, the, uh, the Shangri-La for tacos. And this just place happened. in Florida is like, you know, kind of dank, but it's so great because I've been there with great people, people I really like. Um, and I, same thing with Puesto's going there with Brian McLaughlin Nothing can beat it because you're going to have a great time. The food is amazing. And you can kind of have kind of that delicacy taco on one hand. And then on the other side, you can also enjoy yourself, you know, nacho cheese on top of a taco and a great burrito at, in Orlando, Florida at two o'clock in the morning. And they also do have really good margaritas there. They do. They do. Same. I think that's why that's the Orlando tacos are I, doable is because we drink like seven margaritas before we eat them. I think it's so important uh, what you just said, though, Matt, like the the experience mm -hmm. of it, like so much of the reason why we like certain foods and and just why anything resonates with us is because of the connections you make while you're you're eating that or doing whatever. You know, it's like, Tori, the same for you with Coke, like the reason why you you're in the Coke is because it brings back this like emotional connection with your dad and going to your grandparents. And it's the same, same thing with, with food. And I think that this question is interesting for that fact. Like it, usually we just touch on tacos, but then it goes into some other story <laughs> about some experiences someone has had uh, something that's been important in their life for some oh, reason. Yeah, and you, you throw away all the, um, all the pretense, when you go to eat tacos with somebody, mm -hmm. if you're going out to a fancy yeah. dinner somewhere and you're all dressed up and you're trying to make a good impression, it's not the same as tacos at 1030 at night or 11 o'clock at night, because then, you know, you know, you're with the right people for the right reasons, having a nice drink. And you're <laughs> that to me is the true test. Like, you know, we we talk about content or anything else in this industry it's like well why did that resonate it, because it's real it you know why did nina's stuff do well and on this Be because it's it feels and you know that people are being genuine and that's what you get when you're at a good taco place late at night with the right people genuine i need some tacos and some genuine oh, people in my life right now exactly awesome well matt we are so excited for you and your new adventure Oh, this has been so, mm -hmm. so awesome talking to you guys and, and catching up some more. I really can't wait till we get to do this face to face till we all can really have some tacos together soon. I agree. Hopefully by the end of 2021, that happens. And, and if it does, yes. it'll be part of Taco Tech. So 
If you're listening to this, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and, and hang with us. We'll be dropping new episodes every week. So, Matt, thanks Thank again, man. We'll see you around. <laughs>